0: Blurred Up, blurred Up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. And you can find us on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. You can find us also on Blur.com, Our partners full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Jade.
1: Hi, I'm back again. Word.
0: We have a big show to talk about. We have... Do we really? Yes. You still
1: haven't told me what we're talking about. I've asked you three times. I told you. (laughs) I heard one thing.
0: Well, (laughs) let me tell you and the audience. Okay. (laughs) We will be talking about the new Black Christmas special on Netflix, Jingle Jangle. We will be celebrating the anniversaries Uh. of Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which turns 10 this weekend. Mama's Gun by Erica Badu which turns twenty this weekend. And I'll be talking about Unbreakable, the M. Night Shyamalan film, which also turns twenty this weekend.
1: Can we just call Connie's album I'm sorry to Amber Rose? Can we just call it that? Or just like move on. <laughs> that long ass mouthful of a title. Can it just be I'm sorry, dear Amber Rose, I'm sorry, and just like call it a day.
0: <laughs> it seems you know more than me about that, so we'll oh, okay. We'll get there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay. Stay tuned until the end or just skip to the end. We have another featured song this time by Ivy Soleil from her new Southpaw EP releasing this weekend. I heard it last week and I reached out to her for permission and she was game. So look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. But first, the election is over and Trump is defeated. Is the election over? <laughs>
1: he hasn't conceded.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, as of
1: this recording, I don't know if he's. Right. It.
0: <laughs> just like it's like last time, right? Right. <laughs> he feels like like a fish just gasping for air out of the water right now, you know?
1: That's a cute little analogy. That wasn't what I was considering him, but but go off, sis. No, nope. oh, please, <laughs> please.
0: What what would you say?
1: I would say he's a petulant white child. That's yes, what I of, of course,
0: that's fine. Too. Who's
1: holding their breath, <laughs> waiting for mommy to do something, and mommy's like, "I'm not do it all day, kid. I'm not gonna do it." Yeah, <laughs> at this
0: point, if anyone is still worried that he may stage a coup, there's there's no way for him to do it. it like, don't buy into the alarmist drama.
1: I wouldn't say that. Okay, what'd you say? Speaking, speaking from a, a child of immigrants who came from a country that staged a coup. I wouldn't say there's no possible way that he can't stage a coup. I mean, my uncle was assassinated. He, that he can stage a coup. So um, it's just uh, with America, I just feel that the tides are... When Fox News themselves are like, dude, give it a rest. Right. It's like, dude, you need to give it a rest. Like, right. let it go. You did not win. Stop having these poor people when well, i let me not say poor these idiot people out here are like yeah it was a conspiracy you know the Bidens got together with communist china to create the coronavirus so that they could have the mail-in ballots and the mail-in is like what's happening education where is it it's a <laughs> where
0: are they rabbit hole <laughs> yeah you know there's talk about him launching a 2024 campaign <laughs> you talked about fox there's there's rumors about him starting his own Right-wing I media would network, so see that. and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of curious to see them eat each other for like four years. <laughs> that, or would whatever. Great, that would be great. it'd be kind of funny to watch that happen. Like, because cause whoever loses, right. we're going to win, laughing about. Just that. let
1: the idiots like play with themselves exactly. while we do
0: the actual work. Over exactly, here. <laughs> exactly. I would say that you know he'll likely get arrested and sent to prison, but Biden has already voiced that he won't prosecute him in efforts to not cause any further division. Jade. We know Obama did the same thing by not prosecuting Bush for his war crimes. And and we all know that the Republicans returned that favor with incredible kindness and cooperation.
1: So I'd like to take it back a notch. Sure. Back to this little show that we watched a lot called Lovecraft Country. Okay. And in the season finale, there was a lovely, beautiful girl named Dee. And this white woman was begging her for help. And she said, oh, they still haven't learned and that's what I want to say to these Democrats. Truth. With their bullshit. I'm like, let's not create any division. You still haven't learned. But go off, sis. <laughs> okay.
0: Has anyone asked you about the election at, your, at, uh, at work?
1: At work? No. At, but you, sir, I don't speak to people at work.
0: Well, here's <laughs> the thing. No one talked to me about it, but one of my students did.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the kids always do. <laughs> okay.
0: Did they ask you about it?
1: Oh, yeah. The kids, of okay. course. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, she asked me who I voted for, so I broke it down. I asked her... Would you rather eat a worm sandwich or a poo-poo burger?
1: Ew!
2: Jesus Christ! <laughs> I <laughs> mean, the baby that?
0: I mean, they're kids. So that's was, too much. No, <laughs> kids. Kids are all into into the fart jokes. Whatever. She was fine with it. She was fine with it. And she was like, she thought for a second, and she was like, worm burger. And I was like, me too. Biden <laughs> is the worm burger. And she was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I do want to congratulate uh, black women out there. Representation does matter. And I remember when. Obama won 2008. Students were calling me Obama teacher at a time when they probably would have called me something more negative. And I know that I became more desirable to jobs when he was in the White House. At actually, at my best paying job I've ever had, the principal during my demo lesson told the class, "Like he looks like Obama, doesn't he?" <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of had to, of course brown's not, skin, of skin. course I had to not say anything to right. <laughs> so that. And then when, I, as soon as I signed the contract, he asked me, "Are your ancestors from Kenya?" I was like, "Um,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, whole "Um, continent, Obama, Kenya, ergo, everybody from Kenya. Of course.
0: (laughs) But anyway, um, jokes aside, I sincerely hope that more black women get opportunities because of Kamala Harris's presence in the White House. But there's still a lot of work to do. And I want to add to a few points from last week. We talked about progressives and their values getting almost immediately attacked uh, after the election. There were some Center-right Democrats were quick to say the police and socialism were responsible for them losing seats and not clinching the Senate and not cr- creating the landslide they expected for Biden.
1: Such a trigger word, socialism. I would like ask any of them to so please like spell it and then tell me what it means. Right. <laughs> let's try that.
0: <laughs> but, you know, let's talk the numbers, though. 112 co-sponsors of Medicare for All all won their elections. All but one co-sponsor of the Green New Deal won their elections, and there were ninety eight of them. We mentioned uh, Florida last time voting for the minimum wage, but the Democrats in that state were downplaying that because they thought that was too left. Biden allied himself with some of the right wing's worst people, like John Kasich. I think we talked about that. He you know endorsed one of the most restrictive abortion bans in the country uh, to help him win. And, you know, so many people poured so much money into the Lincoln Project, and that won them so few Republicans. Again, why would you vote republican light when you can just vote for a Republican? And on the issue of identity politics, his cabinet is already materializing with names of corporate-bought figures like Cedric Richmond, who has taken more oil and gas money than, I think, every Democrat in the House. I could be wrong in Congress, if I'm not mistaken— and his district contains seven out of the 10 most polluted air tracks in the country. And he's now being appointed to be Biden's climate liaison. You know, there's all this talk about, you know, Biden believes in the science and he's going to take care of us. Like, where, where is that talk now?
1: But I mean, who believed that talk? That talk was literally just for I mean, uh, when it came to that, like, well, Biden believes this and Biden believes that I never really listened to that. I just knew because I knew it was bullshit because I I knew his politics. I knew his history. Of course. I just felt that it was just we got to get Trump out. That's essentially why you vote for him, because we got to get Trump out.
0: Well, I know that's how a lot of us feel. But there were a lot of people who really believe that crap because. Really? Well, because the bar is so low now. I mean, like they Maybe just. Maybe I'm in the wrong
1: circles.
0: Possibly. You know, and like I said. Cedric Richmond is a black man, and because he was on the poster marketing with Biden that his cabinet represents what America looks like, millions have kind of blindly cheered that on. I just hope that identity politics doesn't cloud people's judgment like when Obama was in the White House. Mm. If we really are going to fulfill Martin Luther King's dream, then we really need to look at the content of character and not skin or gender.
1: But who is looking at that? I don't think the majority is. Maybe minority is. But who is looking at that? Like, the, I'm voting for this person because they're female, or I'm voting for this person because they're black.
0: I think a lot of people felt that way. I mean, a lot of people wanted to put Kamala in the White House. Not because really... she
1: was a black woman? An Indian woman?
0: That was a motivating factor, yes. Really?
1: Yes. What circles am I in? Because the circles I'm in, it was mainly like, we gotta get Trump out, that's it. I know that for them, I know that for the party it was a purposeful choice in that sense because sure. it was like, let's do this to Let's keep breaking boundaries. Let's kind of, we think that people, but I feel just personally, I feel like that mindset is very limited towards the human race because like when we assume that people will just, but then again, I mean, like my daddy said, America's a different kind of stupid. So let me shut the hell up. But that's, but I, like, think, <laughs>
0: I, I think that's, I think that's the point in that the Democrats think so little of black people. I mean, what did, what in Biden's policy has really, spoke to our material needs. It was like, uh... uh
1: like black people or just like our black, like generation? Black people. Okay.
0: So it's like, uh, we could do this, this, and this. Let's just put a black person in there. It's it's kind of the, the reverse with Obama. Obama had the black vote immediately, but he needed to make sure because that... Because
1: he had socialist agenda, which he downplayed once he got into office.
0: He had a progressive agenda, and he was also just black, eloquent, and like, holy crap, we've never seen a man like this before.
1: Well, we have... But <laughs> not, not
0: in our lifetime. I, w- I would say
1: we have just running not for, pushed. I okay, mean, okay. office—that's
0: what I mean. Okay, okay, running for office. But Obama needed a running mate that would make white moderates feel a little safer to vote for him, and that's what Biden was. It wasn't right. like Biden had was history. Yeah, it wasn't like a Biden. You know, Biden was like some amazing like social justice. Because uh, that was everybody's of question black with
1: Obama. It was like who, he's who's this new kid? He doesn't know anything. He hasn't done anything. Quote unquote. Right. So it was like, okay, well, let me get this old head who has done things.
0: Yeah, and I feel like this is the opposite where Biden's like, uh, I'm not sure I'm gonna swing this. I need I need the black vote and I feel like that was the choice.
1: I feel like a better choice would have been Bernie, but that's not that's here no neither here nor there. No. So I, I
0: don't I wouldn't want Bernie there. I, I personally
1: I mean to be fair, like in the long run, I feel like he is better suited. Um, him and Elizabeth Warren are better suited actually in the house fighting for the bills and the That's laws. That's my point. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like if if the question is, let's get the black vote, like I w- my brain would never go Kamala. It would never go towards Kamala. Not
0: you, but I'm. I think I mean my mother. The majority of people. Were my like, mother was over the moon, and we've we've agreed not to talk about politics in her just for peace. Since as as she got chosen. My mom was doing selfies on Facebook with her, really? her with her AKA jersey on, <laughs> oh, hat, your mom's, oh, Okay, earrings. Oh, that's okay. You Okay, know, Most a lot of my family are AKA's, so okay, like, I can't, different. I can't talk about okay, okay,
1: about okay. Her, <laughs> her at all. Then that I understand that that ferocity, but like no, because like so, my mom was the complete opposite. Okay. Like, not to say she wasn't happy about it, um, but she wasn't happy because Kamala was a black woman. She was happy about it because it was just. These are the only people that so my my family is like old immigrants. Mm-hmm. and And so I would get into not arguments, but like very heated debates with them because me and my cousins, like my brothers, are like Bernie, duh, um Elizabeth Warren, Warren, okay. And they're yeah. like, "What are you talking about? This old man's gonna have a heart attack, and this is this, this this. No, we need Biden. He has a history. He he's been in the house. He has the resume, um, and whoever he'll pick will be able to assist him. And so that's and they liked Kamala not because she was a black woman, but because of her police history and because of her gen, uh, like attorney general her her attorney general history. Oh, sure. That's what they were for. And so I was th- so again. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm in the wrong. Sure. Like, but I just—I've always felt that whole. Let's have a Latino so we can get the Latino vote, and let's have the black a black person so we can get the black vote. I've always felt that's very short-sighted, you, and it's very, it's it's. I don't think people are that cheap, or maybe that's just me being really a, a cockeyed are. optimist. They
0: really are. Oh. I'm not saying everyone is. Yeah. But there are a lot of people like that, and what's 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 crazy to me after the election. I really don't want to spend too much time on this, but. Mm. What's crazy to me is I had so many of my friends on my time, and I'm like, I can't believe so many, so many people voted for Trump after all this. And <laughs> to me, I don't know how you felt, but it's wild to me that people are so shocked by people voting for the white supremacist Trump when during the primaries so many liberals voted for the racist architect of the crime bill, the Strom Thurmond eulogizer, the Anita Hill demonizer. A man whose administration also caged, deported, and bombed countless brown people, separated their families. A man whose own VP, Kamala Harris, called him out for his racism and said that we should believe the victims who have accused him of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the moral high ground there?
1: American politics.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, you know what? Let's get away from this craziness um, (laughs) and get to a movie so wholesome and unique that it was almost jarring to accept this this happy world. And, of course, we're talking about Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Are you a Christmas fan, like, like a Christmas person? Yeah. It's okay. a big deal in my
1: family.
0: It's not a big thing to me. Like, my love language, gift giving is, like, the oh, lowest. is that your love language? It's not. Oh. It's very low. <laughs> like, like, I'm not all about all this magic What is your gifts. love language? Um, quality time. Oh. I'm pretty chill, like... As long as we're together just doing stuff, mm-hmm. like I don't need you to spend money on like mm-hmm. I don't need all that. Um quality time, physical touch, of course. And uh what was the other one?
1: You said of course, like of course. Of course.
0: Um <laughs> like... words of affirmation. I think of those like like oh. my top three. My mm. top three.
1: That's on the bottom for me. Word. Words of affirmation. Okay. I don't need you to tell me I'm cute. I know I am. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, let's not, let's not let's 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 get <laughs> we're, we're in the weeds again. Let's go back over here. That maybe we can say that for the Valentine's Day show. Um, <laughs> okay. For those who don't know, uh, in Korea, I've been in Korea for about 13 years now, and in Korea, Christmas is more of a couple's holiday. It's yes. not really a family thing, so I really haven't had that kind of connection anyway. So I've, I guess I've kind of just got farther away from that magic. So yeah, I had to adjust to this movie. Really, it was like, what is this
1: mm. for the uh, Christmas aspect or for the family aspect?
0: For the for for this movie, it was just so. I mean, 2020 is chaotic. I'm not mm-hmm. a Christmas person, so just right. seeing this super happy, wholesome movie, it was kind of hard to to accept I, it.
1: I think the reason why I'm asked I asked that question is because when I watched the movie, mm-hmm. I felt, and this could just be personal, I mm-hmm. felt like the Christmas aspect was an afterthought. Mm. I didn't okay. it wasn't like that's I wasn't true. beat over the head with Christmas. That's true. That's a good So that's point. why I was like was it Christmas or was it the family? The whole aspect of like family and division and no. like like coming back together and like
0: It may just be just the happiness. You know, um anyway, let's let's get into it. Welcome to an unnamed multiracial Victorian era town where all the men dress like Andre 3000.
1: No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do him like that.
0: Am I lying? No they don't N- Am I lying? Maybe okay, like <laughs> thank you. Like thank the you. love
1: below era. <laughs> like, thank no. you. Okay.
0: Thank you. And black women wear their hair natural at all times. Dronicus Jangle is the Willy Wonka of toys and he's about to strike it big and become a global sensation. But some devastating tragedies strike. Dronicus becomes heavily depressed and loses the spark that made him so great. 30 years later, his brilliant granddaughter comes into his life full of curiosity and helps him get his groove back. So.
1: Come on, Stella.
0: Let's start with the the good stuff. You want to go first?
1: No, go ahead. Okay.
0: I think for a musical, this was really well produced. Mm. The sets were really detailed. The, the headset decorator is Rob Cameron, who did Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yes. Okay, I haven't, so I I, I can't really say. May I ask why? I may have said on the show before, but I'm not a big fan of fantasy, period. Mm. And I don't like sexual assault being used as kind of a plot device. I figured
1: that was your reason why. Yeah, I can't. That's why I asked. I
0: can't do that. The music by John Debney is great. The costumes pop. Uh, the, the guy behind that is Michael Wilkinson, who did Aladdin, mm. Tron Legacy 300, and all of Zack Snyder's. DC films the choreography was delightful Ashley Walden was the choreographer uh, she did Moulin Rouge mm. and The Greatest Showman you can definitely see that that influence mm-hmm. in there and the songs are cheery they and in, in part helped build the world a little bit if you saw this live I think you'd definitely be pumped up about it
1: mm. the music I feel like there was one the music was here or there for me, like I got it. The whole, the whole movie in general just reminded me of like our Cinderella, and for you listeners, when I say our Cinderella, I mean with Brandy, Whitney Houston, Whoopi Impossible. Goldberg. Exactly, it reminded me Impossible. very much of that. And so I was really sad and kind of, well, I guess not because in this generation, everybody has Netflix or using somebody's login. But I was kind of like, I wish it was like broadcast like on ABC, like ours was, you know, like that. But that was an event. Yeah, it, was. it was an it was event. An event. You're right. So that's why I was like, right. oh, I wish they could have had that. But, uh, you know, it still was really good. But when it comes to the music, there's one character in there called Mrs. Johnston, um, who I guess you could probably see as just like the comedic relief, but I, she definitely has more heart than that. And her. Um, song her torch song I should say was phenomenal with the backup singers she and dancers. Amazing, loved her. And then uh, there was a little Azonto break. Like I was like, so all these kids will had to dance Afro beats? Okay, cool. <laughs> like, let's let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Marrying Victoria era aesthetics with
1: just... shucky shucky. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, sure. Let's get into it.
0: <laughs> it's an odd world, man. But it it was fun. The acting. Is pretty great. Forest Whitaker plays, I think, it perfect here as the broken Geronicus. Um Keegan-Michael Key, he hams it up as the villainous Gustafsson. Mm. But to me, I don't know about you, it was really Madeline Mills who brings the magic to this movie. Mm. The literal black girl magic this movie.
1: Mm. She was a cutie. Ricky Martin had a cute little, little role too. You didn't get to see his face, but...
0: <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like, Levita Loca, Ricky Martin?
1: Yeah, he's the voice of Don... Oh,
0: oh, oh, the dude. I'm tripping. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
1: So he did, he did... Voice acting is hard. For people who don't know, you can think, like, oh, I'll just go into the booth and, like, talk. No. Voice acting is a whole other beast. That's why there's only so many voice actors who do everything. Sure. So he did actually... He did really well. He, no, he was great.
0: Own. He was great. Um, let me go back to Madeline Mills. Uh, She... Was the youngest child performer ever cast in a year-long run of School of Rock on Broadway at the age of nine? I can see that. I believe she's eleven now, but she delivered every line and note with such confidence mm-hmm. and and warmth. You 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 really just get caught up in that while watching her. Mm-hmm. Just we should just keep an eye on her. I Is think that theater she's, training? She's she's, she's going to be big.
1: Nobody can tell me different. Like of many people that I met in my program when I was in school. All said they, um, everybody wanted to do movies, mm-hmm. fine, fair, but every single one of them knew the best actors started in theater. So it's like, it's that girl was amazing, she was flawless.
0: James Old Jones,
1: amen. Felicia, my mother, Anika Noni Rose, who yeah. I love, who's like super tiny. If you, I, I don't know her exact type, I think it's like five foot something. Her song was
0: incredible her, too.
1: When she opens her mouth, Ooh. anything Anika Noni is like, where did this voice come from? That woman is unstoppable, deserves Tony, she's. Flawless, amazing.
0: Yeah, she was incredible.
1: Forrest Whitaker as well, starred in the theater. And I think Keenan... Um,
0: Michael Keenan. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think he also started in the theater as well. I mean, we'll stand up as theater, to be fair. So,
0: Yeah. Did you know that Anika Noni Rose, she voiced the black superhero vixen she had like a, like a mini a mini series vixen do you, know, do you know i who remember vixen is? i follow her on okay.
1: on twitter and i okay. do remember her like posting like i'm doing the voice da, da, da. i
0: haven't seen that show i forgot I all it about either. it but i do want to watch it for those who don't know vixen is the um she's a black female superhero from dc who she has she has like an amulet that can give her powers of different animals that she calls upon mm. like the grip of a python or the strength of a bear you know anything mm-hmm. like that so, yeah, we mentioned, you know, we start off with the good. You might ask yourself, man, that was a lot of good. What could Brennan possibly find wrong with this movie?
1: Oh, so many things.
0: Yeah. Um, you'll notice that I haven't mentioned the plot or the writing. Mm. The movie was written and directed by David Talbert, a black man. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of high quality work under his belt as either writer or director. He wrote Unpredictable, this live drama starring Jamie Foxx. Have you seen that? Heard of I it? did not see that, no. I haven't watched it either. I watched a part of it on YouTube, but I didn't have time to finish it. Anyway, Jingle Jangle should have been called Clink Clank because this plot was Sir, a okay. bit clunky for me. That was aggressive. All
1: right. <laughs> that was aggressive. I don't I don't share those sentiments. <laughs> but fair. continue. That's fine.
0: Uh gotta gotta oh, punch clink, it up a little clink. bit. The hell? Gotta punch it up a little bit. Um on our last show we talked about Netflix films being you know limited by writing and budget. But to me, this movie tried to do too much and it didn't serve those added elements well and i'm going to get into it and and make my case and we'll see if you agree or disagree it this kept adding things on before i had time to think about it they added more things on it reminded me of that rick and morty pilot the first episode where they were in the multidimensional airport and morty's (laughs) seeing crazy shit and then then rick's like oh think about it (laughs) that's how this movie became to me over time from the very beginning for example, his store is in the heart of town, full of people every day. It seems, yet one of the first lines of the opening song is how he finally received a special mail mail order that will enable him not to struggle anymore. And I already said, this dude is in the drip all the time. Like he looks like like again, love, love below three he mm-hmm. It's got a booming business.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't understand this this world. Like I don't. There was enough at that point to show me what was going on. That's a nitpick, but it's like there are a number of nitpicks that just became too big for me mm. how are he and his wife dark-skinned but their child wasn't? oh
1: sir get, let's get into it yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's uh, somebody po- I, I don't know if i showed it to you or i told you oh i think it was a, a fellow a friend of ours but somebody posted it they were doing a zoom of uh, some black film something and all the women they had casted for the zoom um show were all light-skinned women and they were like, black men can uh, for T V and film, black men can be black men. Um, black women have to be biracial. And it's just I don't like that like just having that slapped in the face, like right at the start. I'm like, look at this beautiful black man, look at this beautiful black woman And then their daughter comes and I'm like Is that their their cus- their niece? Who is that who's that? Yeah. <laughs> who's that? childs
0: <laughs> oh listen i honestly thought they should have part... swapped
1: out the grandbabies no listen li-
0: listen honestly i thought part of the villainy of Gustafson was that he was the actual father <laughs> i'm not even lying i'm not even lying i was so like damn this is i'm happened. like damn this is deep <laughs> like this is this is a kid's movie this is my child you know what i'm saying <laughs> y'all gonna tell me y'all couldn't find a young dark-skinned
1: actress they- for that small part her, the granddaughter <laughs> Granddaughter was dark skinned. The granddaughter of Journey. Oh yes, is dark skinned. No,
0: and also there was a part in the middle of the film where they were um, throwing snowballs, and her friend, the friend were there with who 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 the was, was, was Choky was, was
1: dancing. Yeah, she looked more like perfect, perfect. Oh, think about it. <laughs> that tripped me out for real.
0: Jessica sent her nine year old daughter alone on a horse powered bus in the middle of a Victorian winter. Like, is that safe?
1: You know what? At a certain age, I rode a plane by myself to Boston when I was nine. They give you a little thing on your neck. You stay with the stewardess. Did,
0: did, did that happen?
1: And yes. What, no, I'm oh, saying in the movie. In the movie. Oh, child. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> I mean, from the very beginning, the movie made it clear that that the police are pretty lax. <laughs>
1: They ain't doing their job. Right? <laughs> you
0: know, when she gets there, she didn't have a tag on her thing. She was just left to find this dude by herself.
1: You know, I mean, in this universe, you know, people, it's like Korea. We just let the kids run free. We're in the mall. Just let the baby walk. Nobody's going to grab. It's Korea. <laughs> just let the baby hang around.
0: Like I said, they just <laughs> they just kept adding <laughs> weird stuff on. I'm like, what? I would kind of cock my head before I could really think about it. It's a new thing, you know? He acts super cold about her. Almost lets her freeze to death outside. I'm like, bro, like,
1: <laughs> who are I, you? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, like peace.
1: No, you can't stay here. Sorry. Don't <laughs> oh, think
0: about it. It's like Forrest Whitaker acted well because I mean, he's Forrest Whitaker, but the script for him made his inevitable thawing of his heart kind of clunky to me. Yeah. Which is the heart of the movie. Um, mm,
1: I didn't deal with him. I, mean, I, mean, I feel please. for me when it comes to his acting, okay. I feel like Forrest Whitaker is a beast. Mm-hmm. And he made very specific choices with that character. Sure. And that made me wonder, who's the guy who you guys hired to play his younger self? Because they their choices did not overlap. Yes. And that irked the shit out of me.
0: That's my point. <laughs> That's my point. It's not about... Because both actors did a yeah. great job.
1: Right. Because like you could tell the person who plays the younger Gus, Gus, Gustafson watched Mikey, my, uh, Michael Keegan... You, he watched him, he was like, this is how he acts, this is how he reacts to things, this is how he says things, so I will emulate that. Yeah. The person who played the younger Forrest Whitaker's character was just like, I'm an actor, they hired me, I'm just going to do what I do. And it's like, no, my God, you need to be watching what his choices are. You need to talk to him. What is he doing? Because you, I, I don't believe that you were the original. Yeah. I believe Forrest Whitaker was. I don't know who you are. Totally. <laughs>
0: totally. The main thing that got weird for me was how they mixed magic with science in this movie. Now. Really? Yeah, so... Marvel did a good job of lightly touching on magic as science in movies like Doctor Strange and Thor. This movie tried to explain more than it needed to.
1: Square root of spectacular. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's for the babies. I thought it was cute. Literal
0: <laughs> literal physical calculations for adjectives. This one.
2: That's the circumference of spectacular.
3: And this? This
2: one. The second derivative of sensational. Have to
1: square the variable to get splendid. <laughs>
0: carry, carry, carry the two to get phenomenal. I mean, come on now.
1: I loved it. It's cute for the babies.
0: And I'm gonna get there. Uh, okay. You know, Jangle is literally slaving away at turning screws, but but for some reason, his new wonder toy runs on faith. <laughs>
1: That was a part of the, that was a part of the, ma- she said it, it was a part of the, the problem. He wrote it. <laughs> That's the missing piece. You gotta believe.
0: <laughs> For some reason, it's power to never explained. Even, <laughs> even the original special ingredient that powers Ricky Martin's matador robert was never explained i i it's thought true. it would be more critical to the film to Same. be honest
1: that irked the shit out of me
0: like i thought he was gonna bring it back out to power the robot or something
1: i thought i thought G- G- Gus gustaferson whatever this child's name is i thought he stole it when he stole the uh, the plans and everything i thought he also stole that ingredient yeah so that's why nothing was working but then i was like oh you don't believe in yourself
0: oh yeah i'm like what what is oh, this work? Where- oh, okay yeah, it, it, it kind of became Harry Potter at one point. On on a window, Django calculates how to throw a snowball that can change direction and fly that backwards. That cute for the
1: babies. <laughs> <laughs> the babies, Brendan, the babies.
0: Journey calculates in return and throws four snowballs that magically spin out from her hand and hits four people. The babies. <laughs> it was like some Uchiha Batman level shit. Oh, think about it. Later on... There's a calculation using the square root of possible to save the kids from a physically impossible scenario involving rapidly spinning death blades.
1: Impossible.
0: Stop. I'm stop you right there. I I was already. This is a two hour movie. I was already getting.
1: That was too long. Yes. I was already
0: getting bored from the runtime, but I just kind of checked out at that point. I've said a few times and I'll always say it. When the movie stops caring, I stop caring. True. Maybe that's a science teacher in me, but like this wonder toy itself, there are many moving parts. But ultimately, you unless you turn your brain off and blindly believe in this, this may not work for you that well. One of my favorite Christmas movies is The Nightmare Before Christmas. And from the beginning, the visuals let you know that pretty much anything goes. And the opening song also helps flesh out that mm-hmm. world with Jingle Jangle. For the first third of the film, the visuals are exclusively grounded in reality. The magical elements are just kind of casually thrown in without any explanation or development, and I found that to be awkward.
1: You can't compare this to Tim, a Tim Burton masterpiece. I mean, Tim Burton is Tim Burton. No, I feel
0: you. Well, t- well to be fair, though, he didn't direct that movie.
1: True. However, <laughs> <laughs> directing is not the only aspect of like making a great film. Like, I and mean, directors do get like the highest Oscar, but it's like, come on now. Right. I mean it's not I'm the...
0: saying he didn't he had his hands, his fingerprints on it, but it wasn't his thing. Anyway, let me go 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 go. Let's let's I wanna give my closing thoughts and it kinda echoes to what you were talking about before. It is for the kids. This is kinda keepo territory for me, mm. where for kids, this would get like a four point five jangles out of five What's for me. Jingles? Um, but for me as an adult I give this like a 3.5 out of 5. Like one point for the acting, one point for the choreography, one point for the music, an extra point just for the sheer diversity of the cast and crew. Mm. They had every color in here.
1: Mm. Which and I, I enjoyed. Yeah,
0: and that's a worthy endeavor. But at a two-hour running time, which is pushing it, the You're script so just it. threw too many ingredients in the, into the pot without giving everything proper attention. I think if it had a tighter script, it would have been easier for me to grant this classic status mm. black or otherwise but for mm. me it just doesn't quite hit the mark for me
1: we'll just keep cinderella because that's just perfect on all counts
0: rest in peace whitney while we're on movies uh i want to quickly go to an anniversary starting with unbreakable by m night shamalan and you haven't seen this movie
1: i have not seen the trilogy so it's Unbre- unbreakable glass and split right
0: unbreakable split and oh. Glass oh okay was the okay yeah i haven't seen any of those I don't want to spoil it because like most of his movies, there are a few twists that hold up and I encourage you to watch this movie.
1: Yeah, I think I will. I just didn't have time.
0: It's fantastic. Um, I watched it again last year before our glass review. And yeah, I still love it. This movie, though, on the heels of Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. Let's some ice. Just nearly killing the superhero genre. And several years before Batman begins reinvigorated the genre, we have this low-budget superhero thriller that no one had ever seen before. This deconstruction of the American superhero villain complex filmed over four months came out only a year after Shyamalan shook up the horror genre with The Sixth Sense. And you haven't seen that because...
1: This is scary. I'm not watching it.
0: You know what? I rewatched it a few years ago. I will say that it does have imagery that could probably keep you up. But the actual tone of the film, I think it's lighter than I remember it when I first watched it.
1: I know the ending. There's no point. Sure.
0: No, <laughs> but but the overall story is still good. The atmosphere okay. is great. It's still a good film, a great film. But anyway, yeah, when when *Unbreakable* and Science dropped, there was talk about him becoming the next Spielberg, Shyamalan. And we got to remember that writing and directing was still very much a white man's game. So for him, a person of color, to be mentioned with the grades, that's noteworthy.
1: But that pisses me off. It, it, it pisses me off in the sense that, like, the white man is held as the standard. Mm. Like that's the that's the standard. That's what he, he should live up to. I mean, not to, to be fair, Spielberg is Spielberg, but it's like that pisses me off that he's held up to the standard. And then if he quote unquote makes a mistake or his film does not receive well, then it's like oh he's trash. And it's like well no no white man gets to have shitty ass films all the time. Uh, like why can't he just have like a film that just wasn't received well and then do well somewhere else? Why are we shocked? When he does well, it, sorry, but are that's you, just. No, little... you're good.
0: I mean, it's like the, the whole Jordan Peele thing. Like, Jordan Peele yeah. is the next, next Hitchcock, when yeah. it's really Jordan Peele is the first next Jordan Peele.
1: Peele. Like, just let him live.
0: I mean, Spielberg did direct Lost World, so it wasn't a great movie. This film arrived, it, it got generally favorable reviews, made a profit, but it wasn't as praised as The Sixth Sense. And M. Night said that he didn't like the marketing of this film, Touch uh, tried to tie it closer to the sixth sense as a thriller instead of a superhero movie or comic movie that he wanted quentin tarantino also disliked that and saying that it would have been more effective if the advertising posed the question of what if superman was on earth and he didn't know he was superman which i thought would have been pretty cool when i first watched the trailer i didn't really have much of an idea what i was getting into i thought mm-hmm. that was really cool it's good when trailers do that these days. You exactly. Know, sometimes they just give away too much. It's like,
1: I'm not going to watch you already told me the fucking movie. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we've seen reluctant heroes, but never in such a, a grounded, gritty reality. And we've seen psychotic villains, but none with such a heartbreaking backstory. And for blurds out there, Elijah Price, who's played by Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. was at the time probably the biggest black nerd we had ever seen on screen. He beating a devastating disability sticking to his passions and becoming successful i mean if he can do it what are y'all crying about out there what
1: was his disability
0: essentially his bones were like glass mm. that's why he's
2: yeah i know of it yeah, yeah
0: yeah, mr glass but yeah if he i don't know even just fell down Yeah, yeah like shattered mm. you know um there's a scene it's kind of a spoiler but when he was a baby it went out of his mom's womb Mm. he was crying for such a long time and the doctor was like yo what have you dropped this child Mm. and she didn't know that he had broken so many bones just coming out just out the womb Mm. well i can't say too much about that now because of course you haven't seen it so maybe we can talk about it off the mic when you're done yeah speaking of nerdy before we go on to our music talk super mario world Turns 30 this week. While it released in Japan on November 21st, 1990, it came out in the US a year later. I've still never beaten this game. Have you played this game? I have. Have you ever beaten it? No. It's hard. It's hard. hard. I remember going to my bougie ass cousin's house. Why do I gotta be bougie? Love you, Alicia. No, she was bougie. She was like, I don't read any books that don't have a Caldecott medal on them. Like Well, that's not bougie. No, it's bougie. It's, not... it's pretty bougie. It's pretty <laughs> okay. I mean, to be fair, she's like a, a dope lawyer in Chicago, a Harvard graduate, so I can't hate on her. I love you, Lise. But but at, at the time we were I bougie don't think as you're fuck. bougie, I think you're fine. <laughs> I mean in retrospect I don't know you. But <laughs> in retrospect, <laughs> you were fine. Obviously more fine than my ass. But anyway, the introduction of the cape and Yoshi was such a hmm. a revolution for the I want that a For shirt. the character, yeah. <laughs> You're probably but, shirt somewhere. But... What? The the Yoshi cape in yeah. Yoshi? Oh, of course. <laughs> Many call this the best Mario to date. I'm not sure if I'm in that category. I'm, I'm a big fan of Mario Galaxy and mm-hmm. um, Odyssey. Have you played any, any games after that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I finally beat Super Metroid as an adult, and I'm going to try to beat this game maybe after I finish this teacher's program. But yeah, let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with our anniversary discussion of my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy and... Mama's gun Kanye, Kanye, Kanye.
1: Um, just for the record, I was a huge Kanye stan. He worked to get my stanship, so. That's... I, can, I can see that.
0: Mm. But boy have the mighty, how the fallen. mighty have fallen. I know many people have essentially boycotted his new music, I don't blame you. But let's go back and imagine a happier time when the economy was recovering from one of the most severe downturns since the Great Depression. Our president was black and eloquent and Kanye had more rational thoughts on slavery. Chile. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was the project that snapped me back into listening to mainstream rap more consistently. Mm. Up until then, as I mentioned before, I was pretty much crate digging for the better part of the previous decade. I was a big backpacker.
1: Mm-hmm. So was I. Word. Yeah, we used to throw, me and my friends, um, Used to throw hip-hop parties, like, B-boy stuff, like, mm-hmm. back at school in Miami. So we would, like, uh, have uh, performers come, and, yeah, it was a vibe. Yeah, like, some people are still working in the industry. Some people, are like, photographers or hip-hop people are working for, like, labels or... But, yeah, that was... I was a huge backpack hip-hop person, yeah. I was into it.
0: Dope. Yeah, it's dope, man. We gotta... There's so many anniversaries coming up. I'd love to talk about those with you.
2: Mm.
0: But, yeah, I came back... I was in Korea for about two years and I came back to the States about a week before this album released. And my first listening experience, I don't know about you, but it was in my homies whip, just listening to Power and Monster for the first time. And we gotta pause and talk about Nick Minaj's verse because mm-hmm. it is legendary. I heard it again like so, twice. But you today. remember
1: good like the Good Music Fridays though. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I still have all the tracks from Good Music Fridays. So I have like the stuff that he dropped, like right before the album release, the stuff after, and then I have the actual album. So like it's so ugh, like that was that was a beautiful time. That was, it was. A beautiful time. <laughs> and
0: you, in thinking about, it was one of the first rap albums that really had a mm-hmm. a big marketing campaign because yeah. he released that visual short film for Runaway. Yeah. like a a month before the Mm. album came out it was a as you said it was it was a big it was it was a it was an amazing time Mm -hmm. but Nicki minaj her introduction to the world is up there with biggie smalls on flavor in your ear or nas on live at the barbecue but i think the closest comparison is buster rhymes on scenario
1: When she came out and she held her own against Jay Z. She's the best fucking verse to this day. Like, nobody can, like, argument that. Woo.
0: And just Yay, argument. in his prime. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Jay's, Jay's verse is really nice, though. But okay, okay. <laughs> I think what really pushed me over with Nikki was. She that track. Not just the bars, but her changing her voice all throughout the verse. Mm-hmm. She had just such vocal dexterity. Yeah. There's no. That was peak Nicki. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Which is.
1: Cause she was still doing that shit like on, like, what was that other track? She, like, uh, something piggy. Like, that track is also like, a, that was when people really were like paying attention to her. But before that, again, like, female rappers always get a stigma and mm. they were just kind of like, oh, she's pretty. Does she even write her own rhymes? Like, she does like pop stuff. She's doing this weird stuff. Like, can she act? Does she have bars? So that's why Monster was so great Ooh. because it was like, yes, I can do this crazy weird shit and I can still eat you motherfuckers. Like, it was, it was perfect.
0: <laughs> it was dope as fuck. It was dope as fuck. Like, I haven't heard anyone with that kind of vocal dexterity since. I mean, maybe Smino a little bit.
1: Oh, I fucking love Smino. Hometown. Oh, he's so good.
0: But this was Kanye's show. And I think most people would agree that this is his magnum opus. I don't know about you. What's your favorite Kanye album?
1: My favorite Kanye album. Oh, this is... Don't do this. Because, like I said, I'm a stan. Sure. So I've every, like, I've listened to every, I know every track on every album. They all serve a purpose. They all mm-hmm. speak to a specific time in his life. There's this, if you, if you haven't, there's this great video, which is like The Office as Kanye West albums. It's amazing and very on point. <laughs> you have to watch it. But um, it's just like, I can't, I can't don't make me, do, I can't okay. pick an album. Right. I can't. I will say my least favorite was 808s and Heartbreaks. I will say that. That was my least favorite. But
0: you mean of that era or no? Just just period. Uh, just
1: period. Wow. My least favorite is eight hundred eight and eight hundred eight and heartbreaks.
0: I think of that era is definitely my my least favorite. But I'm looking at albums like like his newer ones. Like was it Jesus King or something like
1: that? Like oh yeah, God is King. Um, and then before that, he just had Jesus, Jesus,
0: and like those which
1: I I I I fucked with Jesus. Okay. I did like certain tracks on it where I'm kind of like eh, but no no no. I this this Jesus one is. Uh, I it's okay. Okay. But I still t- 808s eight oh eight and heartbreaks. So I was kinda like, I okay, really? I get it. Your heart's really? broken. Move Interesting. Okay. With the weird mullet and he was doing that Lego heart thing that he got from Quest. It was like, Okay, I got you. Like whatever happened to those guys actually who were designing those? I wonder if they're still doing shit. But
0: <laughs> Oh no.
1: Anyway, sorry. That was
0: cool. you know, there's there's often questions about what is your favorite album from any given artist and mm-hmm. then objectively, what can you say is probably the best? It's like good kid the best? I don't know. Is the Pimp Butterfly objectively the best? What's your late registration?
1: Late registration is. Oh, okay, wait. no, oh, because they. Oh, I late registration. I could play over and over and over again. And graduation was also just like it was like he was really walking in his his swagger. So I don't. Oh no! Don't don't do this to me.
0: The glory. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get back with you. Sorry. With this album, his production just jumped into the stratosphere for me. He lost the speed-up samples that were so prevalent on his uh, first three albums. Mm. And while producers were kind of copying that, he had already moved on to this new palette that pretty much defined the next five years or so for pop. He expanded upon the orchestration he Mm -hmm. began early in his career on songs like Flashing Lights. And as we talked about with um, Runway, he introduced more complex visuals. It was kind of after this project that Kanye started to expand beyond music and starting to compare himself to Shakespeare and other renowned (laughs) artists. Yeah, I wonder, you know, in all the lights, what do you you say? You know, uh, I Hold My Head, MJ Gone.
1: Yeah. That was his MJ tribute.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't think there was anyone who didn't acknowledge that there was no greater black cultural icon at that time than Ye. Like, you know, was that kind of like a... I don't think that he would ever compare himself to MJ directly, but maybe in in the sense of, like, who's the most visible mm. artist. I, I think, think he'd he, probably
1: say Beyonce before himself, honestly. At that time? At that time, I think he would say Beyonce before anybody else. Okay, okay, sure. Maybe. I maybe. Mean, yeah, he kind of did.
0: Oh, <laughs> did he? Okay, I didn't. I don't. <laughs> well,
1: no, no, no. I, I feel like he's the only person who. I, he's said in other interviews before, but I feel like the only person who actually like challenges him in that way when it comes to like like longevity, artistry, sure. and just even like smarts. He would say Beyonce because like he used That's to do that. Fair. What was that thing? The checkers game. I used to play it all the time when I was younger. Um, where you like drop it? It's like it's connect, it's connect four. four. The only person who's ever beaten him is Beyonce, like, repeatedly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and he's just like, she's a genius. Like... <laughs> but, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> we had just, what a mind mental force. Like, what what a run he had mm-hmm. at that time. And he put out Watch the Throne a year later, and that was hot. Did anything else to say about it?
1: Um... I mean, so I we we touched on it at the beginning, where I just said like, can we just like call it like Amber Rose? I'm sorry, mm. because like it it it's about Amber Rose, <laughs> and like and and I will say that like people do give her a lot of shit because they're like you're, you're just a pretty face, stop talking, which is sexist in itself. But um, like he, that whole relationship really it's it's manifested in that album. Mm. And the, even that visual that you spoke about with Runaway mm-hmm. with the bird who is at the dinner table with all these fancy people and she doesn't know how to hold the fork. It's about Amber Rose and it's about him taking her like just being infatuated with this beautiful creature and wanting to bring her into his world and her not necessarily fitting in. And it, it's, it's about it, it, it. Like nobody can argue with me on that one. And I mean, I think she's even said in, inter- like in, in interviews where it's like nobody knows what the album is about except me and Kanye. Because people have asked her, and she's just like, "I'm not t- only me and Kanye know what the fuck that album is about, and I'm not going to talk about it." So, it it that album for me though is just like it, I feel like it was peak Kanye. Yes, it was peak Kanye, and it was everything that I fell in love with him because, like, honestly, I didn't like Kanye when he first came out. I thought it was too braggadocious. I felt like he, I, I could understand his artistry, but I just didn't. I just am not a fan of cockiness in general. And there's a song that he had with Brand New. Um, where he literally says like, "Um, you want to hate, but you can't because you love what I make." Now, ain't that about a bitch? And I was like, "This motherfucker is right." <laughs> like I, knew, like I, I it was that song that made me like, you know what? Let me stop being a hater. Was it con- It was I think it was brand new. It was a consequence, but um, yeah. So I that that album is very near and dear to my heart. I can listen to that album straight through no stopping but that's for most of his albums i can listen straight through
0: i think an underrated track on this album is hell of a life
1: oh such a good song that beat
0: is nice too oh that the beat's whole, nice the
1: whole, oh the whole album's amazing yes it's all great and i really did enjoy those good music fridays when he would just drop them yeah every friday and i just like on my computer went <laughs> like down like uh, <laughs> again it was great an event totally meant an event now we just have to rely on beyonce to give us events and that's not a bad thing.
0: Old Kanye, if you're still in there. He's not. Come back to us. He won't. Lastly, move on to Mama's Gun.
1: Oh, that's right. That song has meaning for you. I'm so sorry. Don't do it. I forgot. Triggered. Triggered. Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. All right. (laughs) I
0: don't know about you, but Mama's Gun is honestly like a desert island album for me. Mm. It's one of the highlights of the Soul Aquarian era. Mm. It's the project I return to the most from that era. There are just so many memories associated with this for me. It It isn't the first R&B album I ever bought. That mm-hmm. distinction belongs to Title by Fiona Apple.
1: Oh, such a good album.
0: Oof. But it is the first album I bought from a black woman. My mom had Baduism, and I kind of followed up with buying Mama's Gun. Mm-hmm. When I studied in Japan 15 years ago, Erykah Badu was in my head more than my own mother. Just because, <laughs> you know, at that time, there was no easy way to call, right? It was expensive. Mm-hmm. So I called mom like, what? every two weeks, once a month. But Erica was in my head all the time. It was her and Bjork were the only women in my head.
1: I mean, Bjork is also another icon. Her albums I could listen to as well.
0: When I went to small bars for the first time in Japan and Korea, I would request three songs. Didn't you know? (laughs) "Coolie High by Camp Low and Let's Ride by Q-Tip. As much as this album is treasured now, People didn't take to it as quickly as Baduism. They didn't. Yeah, on a commercial or a critical level. It's kind of how hip-hop heads are like, the old days were the best, and Illmatic was a landmark album that dominated the charts, when in reality it took yeah seven years for that album to go platinum. Right. It took Mama's Gun far less time to go platinum, like a few months, but mm-hmm. I digress. The single Bag Lady was more in line with her previous work, mm. but... When you actually listen to the album for the first time, who was prepared for penitenti- penitentiary philosophy? So good. it is it smacks you in the face.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we didn't get a chance to talk about Stankonia when it turned 20 on Halloween. Mm. But I remember watching... That's my childhood there. Yeah. I remember watching Bombs Over Baghdad, that video, and you knew that this was a new era for Outcast. Yes. And with pen- penitentiary, I felt that same way. It's like, buckle up. Yeah. What really sets this album apart from her debut is the sheer variety of styles. Mm -hmm. Along its groovy journey, you got Roy Ayers' vibraphone on "Clever." You can feel the the kind of princey vibes on the intro and the funk on Booty. The first part of Green Eyes invokes Billie Holiday, of course. Um, Something else I forgot when I was re-listening to this is how seamless the songs transition into each other. Mm. That extra... TLC is something we rarely see in really any album, but a, I don't. I, a lot of R&B songs and rap songs are just kind of a collection of songs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're fine. Some can work well together, but that kind of transition mm-hmm. was very special. It also has the hallmark of Soul Aquarian projects with these jazzy interludes that set you up for a new direction the album is about to take. Mm. Um, it should be noted that the recording sessions happened simultaneously with D'Angelo's Voodoo and comments like Water for Chocolate at Electric Lady Studios, and they all released the same year. Uh, Russell Elevado was the engineer who mixed all three of these albums and said that he used older techniques and vintage mixing gear in order to achieve the warmth uh, found in, in older recordings. And instead of high-tech digital equipment that was so mm-hmm. prevalent during that time, he used... Analog equipment, including vintage microphones and recording to tape. Analog girl in a digital world. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you have to say? Or... Let's okay. Okay. But <laughs> anyway. I have something to go. Sure, 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 Um, Mama's Gun was grander in its kind of metaphysical themes and approach, kind of bordering on the ethereal with Orange Moon. From what I remember, Baiduism's subject matter was smaller in scope. You know, you had rim shots about not tripping off some guy who she ran into. very much about relationships. Yeah. Other side of the game. Mm-hmm. See you next lifetime.
1: Mm-hmm. Very focused on that. Yeah. Well, this was like her actually speaking on topics. So, like, I remember there was a girl. I can't remember where I met this girl. But she, and this is where we start to get, people start to get divisive. Mm-hmm. So, she was saying how she liked India R E. And I was like, oh yeah, she's a vibe. But I, I was like, my my woman is Erica. Like, and this was right around Mama's Gun. And I was like, the way she speaks and like her words and da da da. And she was like, no, I I don't like Erica, Badu because like Indira just tells me plain as day like what she's thinking, what she's feeling, and with Erica, I got to think about it. And I was like, so you don't want to think? Okay, okay, I, I I I hear you, but like I get it. You just want to listen to your music and zone out. But like that's why I loved mama's gun so much because every single track erica was saying something like i mean baduism is like it's iconic um but like you said it's very much i don't want to say one-dimensional but very specific to relationships between a man and a woman or just romantic relationships in general and this one she was like speaking on way deeper other things i mean bag lady in itself I mean, just the the title track, mm-hmm. like like the first track. It's like, come on now.
0: That single, of course. And I didn't realize that 82,000 is an homage to, uh, was it Amado Diallo? He was a 23-year-old immigrant who was shot dead outside of his apartment in 1999 by NYPD officers after being mistaken for a criminal suspect.
1: Where was this? What do you mean? Where was he shot? Where was this? In New York. Was this when he grabbed his wallet?
0: I'm not sure about the, the, details. the specific details. Okay, because
1: I think that's, if I if I remember correctly, because that was a really big deal. I mean, it's always a big deal. Sure, of so course. Guys,
0: and again, how relevant is that 20 years later? Yeah. How relevant will that be 20 years later? <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's rare for me to think of an album where the artist saves the best for last. Can, can you think of an of an album where the last track is the best song? Not on the, alb- the top of my head, but yeah. I'm sure
1: I'm sure I've maybe two. Let's see, maybe there's two, but I can't think off of the top of my head right now.
0: Yeah, I mean you're already on this ride. Yeah, mm. didn't you know? Penitentiary, yeah. Booty, My Life, Orange Moon is beautiful. Times a waste, and that was. Pretty much my theme song of Japan was Time's a Waste. It's
1: very old school thing to do to like give you all this great stuff and then it's like, oh, you thought that was it. It's a very old, old mindset, which is why I appreciate that of her. And like even when you were saying with the whole recording of it Mm -hmm. and how they use older materials instead Mm -hmm. of using like the newer high tech things. It's a very old school way to just be like, oh, and no, this song's not just two minutes long. No, bitch. It's going to be over. (laughs) You know what? Jill Scott, her debut. Her debut, she did that. It's like, so on the debut, it's like, it says it's like, because I had the CD, like the actual CD Oh, CD. the hidden track stuff. Right, right, yeah. the hidden, like when people used to do hidden tracks. Mm, so yeah. it's like you go all the way down to like track 42 or like 44, I think, I can't remember. And Jill Scott, that's the best track is that last track that she hid. yeah, yeah. That's a dope So Like I said, but and then they just did a versus so that makes fucking sense. <laughs> Why those two and two a verses together.
0: The, the best one so far. The best
1: one, yes. Easily. So beautiful. Easily.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Green Eyes, like I said, it's hard to listen to that song without crying every time. It's unquestionably one of the greatest breakup songs of all time. And it's impressive, if not inspiring, that she could produce such amazing work when the breakup happened in the middle of her writing this album. It's interesting that Stankonia and Mama's gonna release just a month apart, as Ms. Jackson is an apology to Erica and her mom and is about him.
2: Mm.
0: On the Rap Radar podcast, she said that she didn't care too much for Big Boy's verse, which I understand. <laughs> she did like 3000s, and apparently her mother loved the whole thing. Mm. It's like, for the outcast song, it's like, we're sorry, but we're still gonna try and get y'all dancing. Mm but Erica was like, fuck all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We in our feelings right now.
2: Right.
0: Has that been replicated in any degree? Replicate? S- no. Since? No, I no, mean, no. it is epic. Because
1: I don't, I feel like the artists who would be able to replicate that are just now coming into their stride. Hmm. And they might not even be well known. Like, I feel like a Van Jess might be able to replicate that or a King might be able to replicate that or a Sinead Harnett might be able to replicate that. But they're just, or a, or a Now might be able to, but they're just like, getting into their stride of that
0: pause i'm going to write some notes about who those people are i'm I'm just nodding like yeah sure of course i know what i'm cool look
1: them up (laughs) now is spelled n-a-o okay i'm down with or an ari An ari lennox could do it you know
0: on a side note you know we look at black music royalty like jay-z and beyonce i'm just curious what the culture would look like had badu and andre stayed together to this day
1: wow that's a very good question or maybe Body and Common. What would the culture look like today? That's a very good question. Because she had an influence on many men. True, many men. Sorry. So like, how? Huh? Huh?
0: Personally, I think the Andre Erica is a a much more interesting. I concur. Ship. I concur. Common's cool, you know. Common, yeah, I, I concur. Yeah, Common went kind of Starbucks mom rapper, but yeah, yeah. but I still respect him. Go. <laughs> Right. Let's, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, salute to the queen. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the album?
1: Um, I do love this album. It is a beautiful album. It's her second album right after her debut, so mm. it definitely holds a special place in my heart. When it comes to Erica, because going back to that question, like, what albums do you think are the best? I am really partial to, I mean, all her albums are great, mm. but I'm partial to the New Americas, like part one and two. Both of those are really good Promise for me. Promise to you, yeah. baby. Those, like, albums were very, very good for me. Like,
2: mm.
0: I,
1: on repeat, just back to back.
0: Master Teacher, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs by her. The the hip hop, the healer. Mm-hmm. What was the um, soldier? Mm-hmm. That's a phenomenal album. Phenomenal album.
1: Soldier's good one. Yeah. The what was it? Worldwide underground.
0: The one with the. Uh,
1: but she had the huge. Cause the I'm horrible with the titles. I just see like the album cover, and she no, has like
0: it's it's the white cover with the yes the ground yes, yes that's it yep. yes, thank you yep
1: okay that was it oh no,
0: you good <laughs> well yeah guys we talked about it a lot today we did and we had some pretty a pretty good runtime too let's know what you all think about the show about these amazing projects that have turned their respective ages we're getting up there now.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I am twenty-two <laughs> years old. I repeat, I am twenty-two years old.
0: And that concludes our show. Bye! Uh, um find us on again Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We were on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U P. And we were on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Find us on Bird.com, our partners full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens. We're gonna close our show with a special song by Ivy Soleil. That's I V-Y-S-O-L-E. On the favorite rap albums of 2018 show, I listed her project Overgrown in my top 10. And on her new Southpaw EP, which is releasing this weekend, the single Kesmet is a thoughtful, self-produced head nodder bookended with powerful quotes by James Baldwin. The music video is filled with vintage and current footage of liberation movements and the titans within it from America to Nigeria to Bolivia. So I encourage you all to hit up her band camp and support. Find her on Instagram. Find her on Twitter as well. Support Greatness. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jade, for being here. Sure. And peace.
1: Bye.
3: Your education is occurring within a given context at a certain time in history, in a certain country, at a certain time in its history. And back at a very crucial time in its history.
2: Me and mine got no debt to our name We align, place a bet to the flame Like if the fire come We gon' sing till the E brings the burn No such thing as a rest you can earn There ain't no such thing No compensation to replace a body breathing Not a currency alive or dead To substitute the feeling of a day well spent Or an unkempt love Every month no rent and no push come shove I wanna shake beneath the covers shape shift into a bevy of light I wanna sink into a heavy delight And fuck whoever I please Come twice and smoke a gallon of tree. I want forever with you weak in the knees Every day I'm getting closer to my last breath And every day I see more holy in a black step Cause underestimation was the last flaw to lose Now you seen what the masses can do So we move on you can call it the same difference, but oh contract, we don't travel the same distance. Follow the same stars or swallow the same tempest. Me and my niggas, we all kiss me. What? Me and my niggas, we all kiss me. Me and my niggas, we all kiss me. What? Me and my niggas,
3: we all kiss me. What? 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. Faith on me like a Glock in a wall. Fake calling ain't for talking much more. It's through a guy who on my side ain't looking back. I just keep walking on four, Front lines on heaven's gate, hope they ain't locks on the door. But um, uh, was concrete to a rose. Still on my feet, I rose. Round the vials and needles stuck, your fiends on the floor. Pile holes in the road, where I plot on the low. Play my toes, pour my soul, let the god in me grow. The tape highs that feel like you brought the sky to the souls. of your feet is clouds weeping tears seep down below. With some just sleep in the coat, warm the house with the stove. I need that heat on me tuck. It ain't about being cold. Soon as you make you a buck, someone might buck you for yours. It's just the way it is. World still wanna travel the globe, but where I live, you might not even make it back from the store. Don't get caught lacking, just keep stacking and pay back what you owe. Cars, clothes, and millions on our minds. Yeah, land, homes, and freedom before we die here. Yeah. Lord knows the meaning of this life here Try to find a peace of mind and learn to fight fear All shows and villas on the timeshare I'm gonna be more picky with my time here Only Lord knows the meaning of this life here We may be one but we some one of ones it's quite clear You can call it the same difference but oh contra We don't travel the same distance Follow the same stars and swallow the same tempest me and, niggas, me. Me, and niggas, me. me and my niggas, we all kiss 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 me. My responsibility to you would be to invest you with all of the morale that I could To prepare you for the terrible storm which is called life. Terrible You must know that it is both.